You're listening to Mission Lab. Mission Lab. From our living new man, Ben Here's our parents, Sean and Camille Brace. Welcome, this is Mission Lab. My name is Camille Brace, and I am here, of course, with my husband, Sean. This is episode 44, and today it's entitled, This Man Eats with Sinners. So what are we talking about today, Sean? Actually, I'll tell you what we're talking about today. Today we're talking about eating and food. One of my favorite things, of course. But before we get into that, I do want to remind you that we need... Your questions by this Thursday night, which is March 29, 2018, uh, because our next episode is going to be completely on questions you have. That's right. It is the next episode, isn't it? That we are going to answer. And we've already been getting lots of questions in. Um, Love them so far. I'm not sure how many we're going to be able to get to, um, but I think a good number of them. So um, so this Thursday, March 29, uh, get your questions to us about... uh, what it's like to be on mission or any other questions surrounding um, what we've talked about in our podcast so far. And we would love to hear from you. So Sean, eating, what are we talking about? We're talking about how I'm hungry right now. I will tell you folks that like (laughs) literally every night, so I make a supper, of course, course. to feed my family. And then every night around 9 9 30 whenever sean gets home from his meetings or you know whatever he has going on he'll ask me what's for supper and almost every night without fail i tell him there's a banana on the counter and you can go eat that he he he's a very fast metabolism he's also training for a marathon right yes. now so he seems to be hungry all the time Indeed, I do. And in fact, I am hungry right now. It's 9.03 p.m. Oh, that's pretty accurate on the time then. We, yeah, and I was thinking about uh, scrounging around for a, a little... A banana? Well, <laughs> He we never say takes me banana? up on that. No. Um, and some of our listeners perhaps are a little more um, concerned when it comes to health and we can't eat late and so forth. But uh, that's another topic for another day. Um, you know, we've talked in the past about eating with people. And we talk about it being a very missional thing to do, just a very simple thing. And I just, I thought we would circle back around to have a full episode on the importance of and the effectiveness of eating together. And um, I would say that, you know, we'll spend a little time looking at the scriptural basis. Sometimes we are scripture light in our missional pondering. A little more practical. A little more practical. But I have just been blown away by the the practice that Jesus so often engaged in. And I would dare say that it was probably his favorite missional practice, uh, and that is eating with people. And the title is from Luke 15, where, where the scribes and the Pharisees were grumbling and complaining because Jesus was eating with sinners. What a terrible thing to be accused of. Uh, Somebody else has said, and I really appreciate this uh, way of looking at it, that Jesus didn't put on events. He ate meals with people. And uh, I just think that we have not plumbed 
the significance and the depths of the significance of eating with people as a missional practice. I would dare say that there's nothing like it missionally and communally. And when we talk about eating with people, in my mind, we're not necessarily talking about having potlucks after a worship service. Now, that could be, Those could be. a part of it. Yeah. But there's something about eating with other people in the intimacy of their home or your home or at a restaurant that is just incredibly missionally effective. And if you think about our just Western culture culture in general, like think about the major holidays. When I think about major holidays, I think about Christmas, I think about Thanksgiving, I think about the 4th of July. Mm. And all three of those holidays, and I know there are a few more other you know, Easter, Easter is another big one, but all of those holidays usually center around a meal, whether it's a barbecue, whether it's a picnic, whether it's a, a sit down fancy dinner, maybe for Christmas or Thanksgiving, um, all of those center around a meal and eating together. Mm-hmm. And, um, just that closeness of sitting next to someone or sitting across from someone. Um, I don't know what it is, but mm. Those are those are definitely I, like fond memories that I have. I have read that there is some sort of like when you eat like dopamine is released or something like that. I am not a scientist or the son of a scientist. I am the brother-in-law of a doctor who <laughs> is an aspiring ornithologist, as we like to say, Cameron, uh, which is a form of a scientist. Uh, but I think there's like dopamine that's released or there's some type of bonding... Sean chemical. will have to look on the facts on that. Yeah, I didn't before come, you start producing hashtag these. fake news. Uh, <laughs> I didn't come prepared, but I have read this somewhere. Okay, I have read it somewhere. Well, you get back to us. How about that? I will that? get back. Maybe that will be a follow up in our next Q and A uh, episode. But there's some type of bonding chemical that's released when you eat, actually, and so there's a, a bonding that takes place when you eat with people. You know, scripturally, um, Tim Chester, who has written a really cool book called. Uh, a meal with Jesus, and he kind of goes through a number of places in the Gospels that kind of, uh, and Camille, I think we're going to mention these places in a little bit, at least from the book of Luke, but um, that uh, Jesus was always eating with people. And it's interesting because Tim Chester points out how there are three places in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that say the son of man came. So three times where that phrase is used, the son of man came. Uh, One of them is in Mark chapter 10, verse 45, where it says the son of man came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. The second one is Luke chapter 19 and verse 10. And we actually just read this last night during our missional community gathering, the story of Zacchaeus, remember Mm -hmm. that, the wee little man. And Jesus there, after he's met with Zacchaeus, after he's gone to his house, he invited himself over, he says, the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. And then the last one says, the son of man came eating and drinking. And uh, so Tim Chester points out how the first two describe his purpose. What was Jesus' purpose? Well, he his purpose was to come and serve people. His purpose was to come and give his life for people. His purpose was to come and seek and to save people. And then he points out how the last one denotes his method 
to accomplish his purpose. So the way he came serving and seeking and saving people was by eating and drinking. And I thought, I just, that's a, I love that, that, um, that idea that is just a very simple expression. The son of man came eating and drinking. Like to, you talk about a, a revolutionary idea. You talk about a countercultural idea that, you know, the Jews were expecting a Messiah to come. They, they, they were expecting somebody to come on the scene and to liberate them from the Romans, and they expected might and power. And, but the method he used when he came on the scene was just eating and drinking with people, was hanging out, having fellowship, and, you know, quote-unquote, doing life with them. Um, yeah, and as Sean was mentioning um, the passages in Luke, we were recently looking at these, and there's several in Luke where he talks about eating with others. And um, I don't know if I should rattle these ones off. Or sure, if I just... rattle them off. I mean, there's like the whole book of Luke. It's like it's almost like Jesus spends more time in the gospel of Luke eating with people than he did preaching to them. I mean, obviously he ate, I'm sure, three meals a day. It goes without saying. But Luke especially is very intrigued by uh, Jesus spending so much time hanging out and eating with people. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Rapid so, fire succession. Well, so Luke, the first one's Luke five twenty nine, and this is where Levi throws the great feast. Mm -hmm. So of course it's, you know, a banquet. Everyone's there eating. Um, another one is in chapter 7, 36. Um, that's when one of the Pharisees provides a meal, and that's where Mary anoints him, and they're mm -hmm. all at someone's house, and that also is another get-together. Um, Luke 9, of course, is when Jesus feeds the 5,000 after he teaches them. Um, <clears throat> and then Luke 14, 1, um, one of the Pharisees also on the Sabbath is when he heals the man with um, dropsy. Mm -hmm. He throws a feast for him. Yeah, he, fe he feeds him. Yep. So just so many. Um, 15 also has... Um, when the scribes and Pharisees are complaining that he eats with sinners, yeah. uh, which prompts, of course, the three parables of the lost sheep, the lost coin, the lost son. And, and what's the culmination of that last parable of the lost son? I love The great it. feast. The great feast is like, let us rejoice, you know, let's throw a feast, let's slay the fatted calf. There is something about, again, eating with, with people that was so incredibly um, missional and, and just the... Uh, just a, a reflection of the kingdom of God uh, being celebrated and, and experienced. And then you have the last one um, in Luke 22, 8, which is the last major experience that Christ has with his disciples before mm -hmm. his crucifixion, which is, of course, the Last Supper. Yeah. Um, so it, I don't know what it is. It's like this intimate setting um, of friends, of like something everyone has to do mm -hmm. in order to survive. Mm -hmm. um, but it creates, I feel like food creates this atmosphere of relaxation. Mm, like, of, in, yeah, like you, we let our guards down. We, yeah. we like, cause I was thinking the other day I was in a meeting and I don't want to get, uh, I don't want to get too specific here, but I was in a meeting and you know, it was a board meeting and, we're asking questions to one another and I could just tell that um, the questions were a little too pointed maybe. And uh, some of the individuals didn't want to answer them forthrightly. 
And I thought to myself, you know, if we were all just sitting around at a, at a dinner table having a conversation about the very same thing and it kind of just came up organically, I would venture to guess that there would be greater ease at honestly and openly and authentically answering the question. I'm being vague, I know, but um, <laughs> there's just something about being at a dinner table with others where things can just come up organically. Conversation can flow more authentically. By the way, Camille, you forgot one actually in Luke. Which one's that? That is after Jesus' resurrection, he eats a meal with the two disciples that he met on the road to Emmaus. Oh, yeah. And he explains to them, you know, uh, that basically he's the one that they were hoping for, and then he vanish- vanishes. But, um, yeah, so just, but again, to, to reiterate, there's just something about sharing a meal with people that is... Um, that has greater missional capacity than just about anything else. And so I think also when I think about my cooking skills or lack thereof, (laughs) I feel like it can be a little bit, a little bit of a vulnerability factor. So if I'm inviting people over to Mm -hmm. my house, one, I feel like that can be, that can be Mm -hmm. somewhat vulnerable depending on, you know, um, your situation. I mean, I know any young moms listening out there, like, trying to invite someone over when you have young children and trying to have like a house that looks semi neat is so challenging. And especially for me, I am, I've probably mentioned before, I'm going to little tend to be a little bit of a neat freak. So, you know, before we had kids, yeah, I cleaned the house on Monday and it still looked the same on, you know, Friday. You do for the most part that I was your husband, right? (laughs) (laughs) No. And so now it's so different where you have to plan ahead and you got to keep stuff clean and it's getting better as they get older. But, um, you know, cooking for someone and presenting yourself mm-hmm. and and presenting your skills and your techniques as a cook, um, it, it can definitely be putting yourself out there. Well, I mean, in some ways, uh, eating from somebody else's table is very much a uh, an act of trust. Yeah, because... I would say potluck's more of an act of trust, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I'm, but I'm just saying, if I go into your house and um, You've cooked something for me. I am making myself vulnerable also because I don't know if you've washed your hands. I don't know <laughs> if you have washed the dishes before you, you know, you cooked up the, that spaghetti. Um, I, you know, it's just like I am, I am making myself vulnerable too. So it denotes some, again, some connection that, that uh, just happens in that process. And like you were saying, though, like if I invite you into my house, I am opening myself up to you and, I, and and you are seeing a lot more about me than you would otherwise see. You know, you walk in, mm-hmm. you see pictures of your family, uh, you know, you know, furniture, you uh, again, yeah, you see how cleanly a person is and um, it's just a whole other level of, of intimacy. So yeah, we, you know, we've mentioned it before, but just missionally, um, just in, you know, eat, eat meals, share meals with people and, um, you know, don't invite somebody over, uh, the first time you meet them. We're not saying that like you meet them at a coffee shop and say, Hey, would you like to come over for dinner? (laughs) 
um, you know, that's that's not what we're saying, but I think it is a very pivotal uh, step in the missional journey with people and doing life with them. Uh, and, you know, what I've said to people is, um, why would we ever invite someone to our church if we've not first invited them into our home? Hmm. Like, that seems to be just skipping over a step. Um, so, yeah. So not only missionally, but just communally. And, um, you know, with our missional communities, sharing meals together, again, provides an incredible um, opportunity for informally and organically creating community with with those that we've already committed to do life with. And um, I know a lot of missional communities, it's kind of like the main uh, missional community gathering they have. They just have a family meal together once once a week. And, uh, you know, we're kind of uh, in dialogue among our missional community to um, kind of move in that direction down the road, maybe multiplying and, and having that as the main uh, the main kind of gathering. But uh, anyway, we came across an article just the last couple yeah, of days. So, it's uh, from the Saturate. Yeah, and we can put the link... Um, in the show notes. In the show notes, as they are called. Yes. Um, so yeah, so those of you who may have trouble, like, um, let's say you invite someone over, you're wanting to invite someone over and you're thinking, oh my word, I don't, you know, I don't know much about this person. Like, you know, what, 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 what are we going to talk about? Um, you know, those can kind of be stressors, especially if you tend to be more of an introvert. Um, having that, you know, more of a small setting where you're forced to mm-hmm. communicate, which is a good thing, but you know, it can be challenging, can be a little bit overwhelming. But or, this- or if you have a missional community, a regular missional community gathering, and sometimes we think, oh, we need to have this structured, um, you know, meeting where we have to have a Bible study and we have to have, you know, a formal get together. And sometimes just the organic conversation in a gathering once a week but being also intentional about having open and, and authentic conversations. So this can be helpful for that as well. Yeah. So um, what um, questions that you can ask uh, during these times are ask each other how your week is going. Now, that's a pretty basic question, but don't don't settle for the, oh, it's good. You know, mm-hmm. that's kind of like what we do in church where, oh, hey, how's things going? Oh, it's going good because there's not a lot of time there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, expect that long answer. Expect to listen and just really, you know, dig in and ask those questions. Something else, um, like uh, ask everyone a common question that will lead to deeper understanding of each other. What is your favorite um, summer memory from a childhood? Or how do you prepare for the Christmas holidays? Be more specific in your questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know I try to do this as a parent, even where you're like, oh, how was your day? Or what did you, you know, like, mm-hmm. don't ask those closed ended questions like, yes, no, it's good, fine, mm-hmm. whatever. But, you know, really, really look at asking questions that they can well, give further detail on. A couple questions that I've, I've uh, been asking uh, lately, and I try to, um, you know, work them in the conversations is, um, what is like some of your favorite memories like over the course of your life? Like top five things that stand out as your favorite memories. Uh, also, who have been the most influential people on your life? I think I've mentioned that question before. Um, but yeah, who who's been the most influential on your life? And that really opens a door to a, peop- a person's uh, experience because 
they then you start understanding what their values are. Because if you know you ask them who's the most influential person on your life, and they say, "Well, it was my uh, you know softball coach in high school," then you're like, "Oh, okay, I'm now starting to understand who this person is." And if it's a softball coach, then it's because you know they like softball. They they were inspired by them. They felt they could you know achieve something. So yeah, and if you're gonna take a leap out in faith and invite someone, invite a family or invite a couple over to your home. Um, I would, don't worry too much about the conversation as, as long as you're asking conversations about them, most people enjoy about them. What did I say? You said as long as you're asking conversations about oh, them. asking, asking questions to them. Most people love talking about themselves, mm-hmm. love talking about themselves. That's right. So just be that listener. In fact, just this week, I, I met a lady at, um, a library story time mm-hmm. and normally my one of my good friends is there and we chit chat and, and who's j- your good friend give her a shout out Shivani. Shivani love her she's so great anyways so both of our kids are in this book club and it's an hour it's an hour and a half long which is quite long but my friend and I Shivani we just like chit chat the entire hour and a half away and it's like super quick well anyways this week this week came and um one of her kids was sick so she couldn't be there so I'm sitting there and I'm sitting next to this lady and um, we start chit-chatting, and she has a kid there, and so we're talking about grades and, you know, what grade is your kid in, mine, and, you know, what we do. And so she eventually asked me what my husband did for work. That's always a, a, a very <laughs> So, you know, I, I, I told her. Question. Yeah, so I told her, like, oh, you know, my husband's a pastor, and so... She started t- chatting with me about, you know, she's um, found out she's from Pakistan, and... Um, found out she's Muslim. And actually, as she told me that, um, that she was Muslim, she immediately came down onto the floor where I was. She was sitting kind of across the room from me in this small area. And I could immediately sense that she was um, nervous about talking about her Muslim faith in a public area because of the stigma that we have in this Western culture. Um, And so right then and there, it just reminded me that like, having conversations with people can be very easy. Not that I thought it was hard, but like, can, it's, can, it's just a good, good reminder for me, having conversations with people, so much of it is just that listening factor mm-hmm. and like hearing what they have to say and like asking those follow-up questions. And um, it was, it was just a mm-hmm. really, it was a great blessing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we're going to get to the rest of these little uh, keys. All right, finish those last. But I had something else to say. Oh, Yes. This is critically important, and I'm speaking specifically to those who come from a Seventh-day Adventist perspective, okay? So some of you are not Seventh-day Adventists. That's okay. That's actually awesome. We love having you listen. But many of you are Seventh-day Adventists. And let me, I want to I I say this very graciously, but firmly, and that is food should be something that prov- that promotes unity and community. It should not be something that divides us. And what I mean by that is that there are a number of Seventh-day Adventists who kind of lean away from community because the community that they might be a part of does not follow the same dietary practices of them, okay? And uh, 
I, I could give you examples and some of you who are listening could think of your own examples, but too oftentimes food in our particular context can be divisive. And we think, well, that person's not a vegan. That person's not, you know, they don't eat the right time of day. And I could, I could, I could cite examples about how we have tried to establish community, but it's been divisive because people didn't want to eat at a certain time of day because they only eat twice a day and it's earlier and it's too late. Community should be, some, food should be something that brings us together. Now, am I saying that, you know, we should just like throw all caution to the wind and we, you know, should just abandon our health, you know, convictions. That's not what I'm saying. But food, again, I'm going to repeat myself. I know that Camille sometimes says I repeat myself, but I want to <laughs> make it clear. You know, even Jesus said in Luke chapter 10, eat whatever is set before you. Now, does that mean I'm going to eat a hamburger? <laughs> I know we have some of our listeners, Sarah, I'm thinking of you, who uh, would love to see me eat a hamburger. I might we not go that We frequently try far. to get our, our good friends, Sarah and Luke, to eat tofu. <laughs> Sarah does. She'll, she'll eat it yes, every once in yes. a while. And, Thank you, Sarah. And Luke says that he will, um, Luke, our friend, not the gospel writer, he will, <laughs> he will perhaps eat tofu when I eat a hamburger. I don't know if that's going to happen. Nevertheless... Uh, Jesus says, eat whatever is set before you. And um, we can't allow food to separate us from people. It has to be something that unites us. Okay? That okay. makes sense, listener? So just to yeah, close this up, just a few more questions um, that you can um, have ready and available if you have people coming over to your home or you're out to eat with people. You're in your, um, your mission you know, community. Asking people more specifically about their jobs. What makes your job challenging? What makes your job rewarding? Mm -hmm. um, in our missional communities, we've also done um, actually having something more prepared where we've asked someone to share their story. Um, mm -hmm. And that's been really enlightening and insightful as well. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, just take those with you. And um, the, the, whole, the whole article, which we'll link to in the show notes, is really, really good. It's just simply called Eating Together. And, um, yeah, we would uh, encourage you to read that and uh, go out and eat and have a good time, you know, uh, eat and drink. And I'm, I may or may not at this late hour have something to eat. I don't know. We'll he will, see. folks. He will. <laughs> yeah. But uh, anyway, thank you for listening. We're looking forward to our questions next week that we'll be answering. Some good ones come, that have come in. Yep. And uh, and I think then we'll also do the drawing for the book. That's right. Well, we do it, we'll right do it live, live yeah. so to speak, quote unquote. Right that will be exciting, air. folks. But I want to kind of rig it. <laughs> we wouldn't be able to do that. Well, they won't know because they can't watch it. We will not be rigging anything, <laughs> folks. Anyways. I'm totally kidding. Thanks so much for listening. Um, we'll look forward to being with you guys next week. And this has been Mission Lab. Thank you for listening to Mission Lab. Our theme song is Portland Hike by Tiny Music. Additional editing by Chris Ogay. Follow us on Twitter at MLabPodcast. Podcast.